Hey, it's Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the IHAMP Revolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products, boost the economy, and business. So, are you ready to join the IHAMP revolution? My guest today is Brian Bullman. Now, Brian is a native of Asheville, North Carolina. He's an entrepreneur and a longtime advocate of cannabis and hemp. He and his wife have been married for 18 years with five children and are all homeschooled. He's an Army veteran and has been in the building industry as a cabinet maker for 25 years. In July of 2014, he organized a company around a hemp beverage. He has a business partner, Brian Morris, and they are collectively known as the Bryans. <laughs> they started Carolina Hemp Company and began distributing, branding, and promoting their products in North Carolina. So, Brian, welcome to the iHemp Revolution. Hey, thank you so much, Coach Freddie. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, always excited to talk about what we do. Well, that's good. Well, Brian, you know, can you give us a little bit more information about yourself, how you got started, and just why industrial hemp? Well, you know, as an advocate, a uh, longtime advocate, as you mentioned there in the intro, um, there's only so many ways you can be super effective in, in advocating. And, uh, yeah, I was at a point in my life where I was getting out of uh, a heavy construction uh, business. And uh, as I creep up in years, uh, I was looking for, you know, different things to get into. And I just kind of stumbled across a product online. And uh, it just struck me uh, deep and hard. Uh, this is a hemp product that I felt like uh, I know if my excitement level was as high about it, uh, that it was something I could get behind and, and, and possibly uh, uh, make a living while I'm doing it. So ultimately, that's exactly what happened. We just kind of, uh, uh, we went full in and uh, picked up uh, a lot of product and started uh, just going straight out and selling it into, uh, into accounts. And then uh, we just kind of uh, developed our, our game plan as we went. It was very organic, very grassroots type uh, startup. Uh, it's not your traditional, um, let's start a business, create a business plan, et cetera, et cetera. The business plan ended up coming about a year down the road, uh, which uh, was really helpful. <laughs> but um, so that was essentially the way I got involved. I saw the opportunity there to, quite literally uh, have a method to make a living and advocate effectively to multiple levels of people all at the same time. So that's what we did, and we wear the leaf on our body and our vehicles proudly, and we get out and we really try to uh, turn heads and get attention. So uh, it's been effective, very effective so far, so far here in Western North Carolina, uh, which is a great spot to launch something like this from, even though Asheville is a very diverse town, uh, we are still right in the middle of the Bible Belt, and uh, and we get a lot of uh, we hit a lot of barriers as we move along here, and we have to find ways around them for sure. Now, what are some of the products that you uh, represent right now? So currently, we uh, our anchor product is a beverage. It's a hemp infused beverage, Rocky Mountain High. 
hemp-infused beverages. They have uh, five different flavors, two of them of which are energy drinks. So it's a hemp energy drink, uh, mango light energy, uh, hemp iced tea, hemp coconut lime, and hemp lemonade sparkling water. So those are our anchor products. But then we have also uh, branched out into um, some high-quality and vetted uh, CBD products in the vaping line. Uh, and found that there's a huge demand for these products and very, very few places by which you can get them and bridge the information gap that exists. So that's kind of why we we have hit this niche just, I think, right at the right time. There's a lot of people wanting stuff but don't know how to get it. So between the 420 CBD products, uh, we hope here next week to be picking up the Palmetto Harmony brand out of South Carolina which is a uh, top-shelf CBD product, um, and just start expanding that way. Well, yes. And uh, now you have five kids, and I understand that you do something very unique with your kids and your business. Tell us about that. Okay. So, you know, as a homeschool family, we find ourselves in a position where uh, the kids want to be engaged in uh, as much stuff with daddy uh, as they possibly can. And, uh, you know, in my previous life, uh, as uh, before I got into distribution, uh, I had more time on my hands, so we did a lot together, and that was something that was missing uh, as we moved along through time and space. So the kids get involved with us uh, when we're out doing our promotional stuff and the events that we do. I will literally take my three oldest uh, to different events, and they'll they'll sport our gear, and they'll actively get out and, and sell these products. They can actually talk knowledgeably across the table to potential consumers. And uh, that, 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 that does multiple things for us. I mean, one, you know, as a family, that gives us that time back together. Uh, but two, it, it, it changes the stereotypes to some degree that, uh, that, that people are so stuck on. They, they see people getting their family involved. You know, you, you go to the farmer's market and you've got families out there selling tomatoes and doing their thing together. But very, very few hemp or cannabis businesses have, uh, uh, have that, have taken that, that approach. And we're not doing it as a gimmick or anything. It's a way for me to spend time with my kids while I'm working 80 hours a week. So the kids are involved. I think that is the primary message I'm trying to get across here. Uh, because in the end run, the kids are the future of the hemp industry. And I'm not talking about some far off, uh, fanciful future. I'm talking about literally tomorrow, this afternoon, they're the immediate future, and uh, the more they're engaged, the more they know, and the more they're able to talk knowledgeably to their peers and other adults, I think uh, the better off we all are for it. Yeah, I like your approach because when kids is, uh, explain this, and that is, it is not harmful, and it's coming from a kid, and they have a way of, of conveying that, I think, better than myself to do that. If they're knowledgeable and they convey that and people saying, wow, kids can do this, it reaches a point to where it's it's more realistic. It is. And I think people hear the message a little differently, like you're saying there, from a child uh, than from an adult. You know, they look at me and I'm, I'm trying to sell them something. And the kids, while they might be doing the same thing alongside me, they're, they're, their approach is uh, from a far more innocent standpoint. You know what I mean? Um and I think it's just fantastic that they're able to get engaged and, and like it. They enjoy it. They like going out to the different events, going out to the 
anything floats parade down on the river and uh and being part of that being part of the community and it's uh it's another uh it's another way to get them um trained up for life you know yeah 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 and and brian what's what's one, what's the one thing that has you most excited about industrial hemp oh wow well you know it's hard to really funnel it down to one thing but if i if i had to since you asked me that way i'm going to try to do that um i think the one single thing that keeps me motivated uh about industrial hemp is the opportunity to expose a wrong that has been done to our society over the last you know seven decades um because it's a wrong that can be easily exposed. It's not something that you have to search real hard and deep for. You know, uh, hemp is a very, very innocent um, uh, commodity. It's a crop. It has a, there's no threat from it. There never has been any threat from it. There's a very real history behind it. And so the opportunity to actually use the knowledge base has been uh, revitalized and, and brought back into uh, the public eye to expose the fact that, hey, we've been lied to about this, essentially, for decades. It has caused a significant amount of problems. What else have we been lied about, lied to about? Um, so that is a real big driver for me, and it has somewhat of a political edge to it, but it's a very real uh, thing so that fact alone um, kind of sets the stage for you know everything else if I can convey a message to somebody that we've been kind of misdirected we have here a real commodity that can bring real economic opportunity economic opportunity to a very downtrodden uh, populace uh, from the farmers manufacturers and around here in North Carolina uh, western North Carolina uh, and just east of here it's uh, uh, you know, this used to be a, a, a textile mecca, and the, there's hardly any textile manufacturing uh, facilities left that are open. And there, are, I've watched over the last 30 years as as just one company after another have closed. And regardless of the reason, the fact of the matter is we have the opportunity to revitalize all of those very same empty buildings and get people literally back to work. And uh, it's a very real opportunity. We're, we're super pumped about trying to convey that message as well. And uh, so there's a couple of things I'm really excited about, Freddie. And those are two of them right there. Yeah, I, I can I can tell that. And, and when we met the first time and the second time, uh, you know, that's what I like about this industry. It's the people who are generally uh, excited and you know about the the change and i see that the industrial hemp changing our economy just like you said in 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 a lot of different ways now how do you see industrial hemp maybe changing even our culture well you know uh i have met many many people uh in the course over the course of the last 18 months uh anywhere from um uh, just your your standard consumer, somebody buying a product from me, to uh, college students that are are actively engaged, understand, uh, um, or are starting to understand economic opportunity because they're, it's staring them in the face. They got to find something to do as soon as they get out of college. Um, how can it affect our culture? Uh, it, that's a very good question, and it's probably 
one of the best, not questions, this is probably one of the best uh, opportunities as a culture we've had in a long time. So to revitalize the family farm, a lot of people want to farm but cannot. It's just, you know, the crops don't pay enough. Uh, you know, they have to borrow money to get things started. Just the list goes on and on. And, and the culture itself uh, of our, the fabric of our culture, uh, it needs to be revitalized. And hemp and the way that people bring such a large amount of passion to what we're doing here with hemp, people get behind it, they understand it. And the very second they realize that it seems like something's been hidden from them, the, the passion and the effort kind of redoubles, you know, uh, because it's a very real economic opportunity. And the culture itself, you know, it brings people together. You know, this whole family in North Carolina from uh, Blake Butler, uh, the guys down in Raleigh, Warren and Jeff, um, the fellows coming down from Kentucky, uh, Mike and, and Chad, and all these guys in our state, in our region, quite literally are forming a um, essentially a family. And it's, a, it's like an upstart grassroots family. And, and the culture of hemp kind of develops around the people that uh, get out in the front and really start making things happen. So from a cultural standpoint, uh, this can bring communities together because there's things that are going to have to happen uh, in order to make this a very viable commodity crop. Out in the field, you're going to have to see quite literally, uh, cooperative extensions where people are, once again, farmers are already doing these things, but this is something that they can get behind where they can actually put some dollars in their pocket and they're happy to go out there to each other uh, and other people in the industry and, and quite literally um, coalesce into cooperatives again, hemp cooperatives, if you will, uh, to, to be able to pull this stuff off. So there's a number of ways it can impact culture, uh, and I'm excited about every single one of them. Yes, I see that because uh, we're, we're on the hemp road trip. One of our crew, Maggie, just graduated from college. She was studying horticulture and uh, and she was also studying hemp. And so she believes in this product. And so it's because of her, we're stopping at a lot of colleges. And I really like the uh, what the college students look at. They, they, they see an opportunity for them once they graduate. Once they understand that, oh, here's a whole host is of uh, not just one industry, not just two or three or four, but many, many, many industries that are developed because of this one magnificent crop, industrial hemp. And it can support this whole nation. And I see it as being the most important, but the biggest, uh, industry in this whole United States of America. It will become that. It's going to take a challenge like uh, like we're seeing, but what I see now is the innovators out here. They're the people saying, oh, an opportunity. I want to be an entrepreneur. It's the small entrepreneurs that are taking the reins right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and like you said there, the college students, you know, this is uh, this is a different time than when hemp was last in its heyday a hundred years ago and 70 years ago you know um, hemp as a commodity crop was was headed quickly to be the first billion dollar crop uh, in this country and that alone is a significant thing when you're talking a billion dollars in 1930 or 7 but 
it's different now. We have technology that we never even dreamed of having then. And the possibilities, as we all know, that are in this space uh, to use hemp in a vast amount of different ways, utilizing all the technology that we've, uh, that we've, that we've learned over the last hundred years, it changes drastically the market chain. So it's not just uh, a fiber for shirts or, or, or rope or, or canvas, you know, for ships. Obviously, we don't use that much canvas in, in ships anymore. Um, it, it's just changed the, the technology. Hemp in the 21st century is a different opportunity. It's a much larger opportunity. Yes, yes. So, Brian, what's your vision, the future of hemp in the United States? What's my vision? Mm-hmm. Where do you see your business in in three years? Uh, my business in three years, you know, uh, three years is probably enough time for us to get to a to a spot where we. Have, I would like to see us develop a, a an interactive hip, hemp distribution center here in Asheville. Asheville is a mecca of sorts. It's uh, number one on a lot of a lot of lists, and it has a special feeling here. Um, we're shooting uh, kind of for the moon. I want to thank you for being a guest on the iHemp Revolution. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on Facebook.com forward slash iHemp Revolution. Like us and tell all your friends. Help us spread the word about the IHAMP Revolution on Twitter and LinkedIn and all the social media and how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profits. This is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them. And thanks for joining the IHAMP Revolution.